And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive. Everybody say it was a house full. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Isn't that interesting? Jesus preached the word. Paul told us to preach the word, to be instant in season, out of season. Amen? Verse 3 says that they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born or carried of four. And when they could not come nigh or near unto him for the press or the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith. Say that with me. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. We will drop down to verses 11 and 12. Jesus says here, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Verse 12, and immediately, everybody say immediately, this lame man, this paralyzed man, he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. James chapter 2, James the second chapter, verse 14 says, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Two questions are penned here. What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Question. Can faith save him? Question mark. If you drop down to verse 17, it says, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Drop down to verse 20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Let's read that together. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Powerful words, isn't it, from the Word of God. I want to speak to us this morning on this thought Simply this, effort required. Everybody say effort required. Turn to your neighbor and say effort required. Would you lift your hands, ask God to help us. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the help you give. We thank you for your word. We know it will not return void, Lord Jesus. Help me, Lord, to be led by your spirit, to say what you would have me to say. I thank you for your presence, God. We fill in your house today. Just as you was in that house in Mark chapter 2, you're in this house today, Lord. You're in this house to heal today. You're in this house to forgive. You're in this house to encourage and bring help and hope to us today. Help me, Lord, to preach what you'd have me to preach and say what you'd have me to say. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Clap your hands on the Lord if you're going to help me preach. And I clap my hands because I'm going to help myself. You ever had somebody tell you, help yourself? Amen. You ever been in a buffet and you want to help yourself? How many know in life you've got to help yourself? Now, when we are very small infants, we can be fed, but we have to learn to feed ourselves, don't we? We have to learn to get ready and bathe ourselves, don't we? All right? There may come a time in our lives where somebody has to help us from time to time due to mishaps and accidents and sicknesses where other people do have to help us. And the things we once did, we are limited in our capability to do them, so somebody has to help us sometimes. Aren't you thankful for the help of friends and family and loved ones that we have to have sometimes? Amen? 
But I believe, and I firmly believe this, I think most of us can agree with me this morning that in life, everybody say in life, and in living for God, it requires effort. Everybody say it requires effort. Many times before we can reap the benefits of something or the rewards, there has to be some energy put out. There has to be some effort administered before we can reap the benefits. Praise the Lord. Any of you brethren here ever put together a futon? Or ladies, you ever put together a bedroom suit? You ever had to move in some, some couches and love seats into your home? Before you enjoyed the comfort of the futon, the bed, the love seat of the couch, you had to work. In fact, the Bible says you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> now, I think most people don't uh, think that eating is much of an effort. When you enjoy something, it, it seems like it requires a little effort, doesn't it? But when you don't enjoy something, it seems like it requires a little more effort, doesn't it? And we know that jobs we hold and things of this nature, in order to receive the benefits, the rewards, of the paycheck, we have to show up, don't we? If you don't show up and produce, you don't get the paycheck. Is that all right? That's the way life is. And now, whether you agree with me or not, I got the mic and I'm right. God requires some of this stuff too. Uh, there is a welfare system in our society that does help some people. And, and I'm not preaching a negative message. Sometimes in life, people get in situations where they need governmental help. But on the flip side, there are too many people that won't help from places they're not willing to give themselves. In living for God, there's no such thing as spiritual welfare. But there is something called warfare. Well, we have to pray our way through some stuff sometimes and praise our way and worship our way, fall on our knees and push back the plate sometimes. Come on. Even Jesus said, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. It takes effort in life. It takes faith in living for God and in life. I'm not a mechanic this morning. I don't know how to fix too much stuff. I can tinker around and thank God for YouTube. There is some good stuff on there that can help you sometimes if you're a novice. I can mess up stuff a lot better than I can fix stuff. How many can mess up stuff a lot quicker than you can fix it? <laughs> and sometimes our life, we find out that we can mess some stuff up rather rapidly when our flesh gets involved. And that's why we have to put forth the effort in praying every day. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you don't pray every day, if somebody don't pray every day, this flesh would take the preeminence. This flesh don't mind taking the forefront. My flesh don't mind leading me and guiding me. But guess what? Sometimes this flesh will lead me and guide me the wrong way. But if I'm praying, I'll, if I'm praying and reading the Word of God, I'll be more careful. And the flesh won't take the preeminence, but my spirit will lead the most. And it takes effort for that to happen. You don't have to do much to backslide, but you've got to do something to live for God. Is that all right? But I'm not a mechanic. I'm not an automobile mechanic. And uh, I don't know. Some of you are very knowledgeable on that. And I'm glad we have people like that. Uh, I know a little bit about it, but not a lot. But when I put that key in the ignition and I turn it, I expect it to crank. Now, I don't understand how everything happens between that key turning and everything working right. But a lot of stuff has to happen. But I got to turn the key for it to crank. I can look at that automobile and say, that's a fine vehicle. And I love it, man. But if I don't put the key in there and turn it, I ain't going nowhere. 
and living for God, I can look at all the benefits of God and say, I want this. And I'll, if I'm not willing to pray and turn the key and let God get involved in my life, I'm not going anywhere. Somebody go ahead and preach with me on Sunday morning, clap your hands. Somebody, you got to put the key in. You got to turn it and say, you know what? I'm going somewhere in Jesus. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that. Notice what it says, which I have committed unto him against that day. There's some things you have to commit to God that God expects us to commit to him. He's not going to fix it unless we commit it to him and do our part. Is that all right? Because that's the Bible. And I'm going to give you some more Bible in this message today because it always helps to have the word to back up the preacher. Can I tell us early on in this message this morning that the Bible says the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land. It says willing and obedient. Willing. Everybody say willing. You ever met somebody that just wasn't willing? <laughs> if somebody's not willing, they, there's not a lot you can do with them. Oh, I could get a little rougher and say, <laughs> is that okay? Thank you, Cheryl. I got somebody in my corner. I'll be You almost don't want to fool with them. If they're not willing... Do you really want to spend a lot of time trying to help someone that's not willing? And I'm just, I'm just, this is the adult class for the most part. If somebody don't want to help themselves, what can you do? If somebody don't want to be saved, can you save them? If somebody don't want to live for God right now, what can you do besides pray for them and love them? Now, we're supposed to do that. I'm not preaching a negative message. But on the flip side, when somebody wants to, when they're willing to be saved, when they're willing to work, when they're willing to exercise faith, when they're obedient, guess what? They're going to be blessed because that's the word of God. And I'm going to give you some more word. James said, don't be just hearers only of the word, but be ye doers also of the word. A lot of people's good at hearing, but they ain't good at doing And then some people can't hear what the flea. <laughs> I'm reminded of that humorous story, and I maybe get there myself. In fact, we walked in Sam's Club yesterday. My wife looked at that hearing test and said, you might want to get that thing checked out. I'll be 50 next month, and I worked at the shipyard years ago, and I wore my earplugs a good bit of the time, but I don't know if that contributed. If I, I don't think I have a lot of wax buildup. I don't gross you out too much. I, I went to urgent care recently, and they checked out my ears, and I kind of posed the question. I said, is there a lot of wax? And no. I've heard of people going, they just pull out a bunch of wax out of there. Now, I'm just giving you a little medical uh, little terminology here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know if this is good or bad. It's probably not good. But I like to take a Q-tip pretty often. It's kind of, it kind of feels good. You just kind of stand there, kind of twirl it, kind of get lost. <laughs> but you got to be careful. If you go too far, you'll mess something up. And don't raise your hand now if you ever went too far. Because you'll pull that joker out quick. Now, I did read this. Never put anything in your ear smaller than your elbow. So that eliminates a lot of stuff. <laughs> Let that sink in for a moment. In other words, they don't want you to put nothing in your ear. But uh, anyway, I catch myself sometimes. It could be a habit. I may be tone deaf for selective hearing. Anybody got selective hearing in the house? You hear what you want to hear. Uh, some of your wives will say that for your husband. They might not say it, but they got selective hearing. Well, praise the Lord. Anyhow. Anyway. He said, don't be hearers only, but be doers of the word. And this 90-year-old man, uh, he was hard of hearing, and his family said, we're going to get you a hearing aid. 
He said, I don't want one. They said, why, Dad? He said, I've heard enough. Sometimes in life we've heard enough. I will. And I'm not preaching a mixed message. Sometimes we need to kind of shut off some stuff and listen to what the Spirit had to say to the church. Go ahead and clap your hands and give God. How many want to listen to what God has to say? And ignore what the world has to say. The world's saying a lot of stuff this morning. And I'll be honest, I don't care to hear a lot of it. And I got, and I've told you, and pardon the repetition, I got some stuff, and I believe in staying current. We need to know where we live and what's going on. But some of this stuff is too much information, too much nonsense. I don't need to know when a package got taken off a porch in Westmobile. I hate it happening. I don't want it to happen in my porch or their porch. But I don't need to know every time a dog gets hit by a UPS truck. Or when somebody robs somebody in Turkey. Now, I hate that stuff happens, but we don't need to hear all that stuff. Because it can weigh on us. Come on, somebody. But we need to know where we live, that we're in certain times. And we know God's coming back. But man, man don't know the day nor the... Let me go and just get a little prophecy preacher. I'm not a prophecy preacher. But anybody says they know when God's coming, you might as well tune them out already. Because when the angels in heaven don't know, there ain't no man that knows. Uh, somebody clap your hands. I'm just preaching right now and pestering a little bit. When anybody puts a day and time on it, just turn them off. Say, I'm going to go to the Word of God. I'm not going to listen to all that. Because the angels in heaven don't even know. Come on, somebody say thank you, Jesus. But it requires effort and to enjoy the product of some things I've mentioned earlier in a natural realm, you have to put forth the effort. Put forth the work before there is rest. Effort was required. I think we found that to be true, that God can forgive anybody of their past and he can fill them with the baptism of the Holy Ghost if they want it. But the word of God says, repent. Acts 2 and 38, the very foundation of what we believe, says repent and be baptized, every one of you. And it tells us how, in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's say that together, class. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. How many receive the Holy Ghost? Everybody that really fully repents. But you're not going to receive the Holy Ghost if you don't repent. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourself. Oh, I'm preaching about effort right now. Save yourself. Turn to your neighbor and say, Save yourself from this untoward generation. We're not getting to heaven unless we save ourselves. The preacher preaching right now, I'm not going to heaven on the coattails of Louis Davis. He's the greatest man I know, but guess what? If I get to heaven, I'm going to have to save myself. I'm going to have to pray. I'm going to have to pay the price. It's going to require effort for me to be saved. And it's the same with you, sir and ma'am. Clap your hands and give God praise. But let me tell you, you can save yourself. I can save myself. That's what the book says, Brother Bentley. I can save myself if I want to be saved. If I don't want to, my daddy can't help me. This daddy can't help me and that daddy can't help me. I have an earthly father, I have a heavenly. But if I don't want to be saved, God is limited. I'm going to preach anywhere in the Holy Ghost. God will never save nobody that don't want to be saved. 
I don't care how many preachers' hands they shake. I don't care what kind of books they sign. They got to repent. They got to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved. That's the word of God. It don't change. It ain't popular preaching, but we got to preach it with love. Some people are saved and glad about it. Some out like they're saved and mad about it. I'm saved and glad about it. I want people to like being around me. I hope they'll never see me coming and hide. I'm not going to ask you if you've ever done that. And don't ask me if I've ever done that. Let's just keep preaching. The Bible says you have not because you. Brother Huntley said recently at a conference, and I, I forget the statistics, but it's quite powerful, and I threw it out briefly a while back. But he said, most retailers, most stores will give you a discount if you ask. Now, sometimes they're not going to do it. But let me ask you right now, what does it hurt to ask? What does it hurt to ask? It don't hurt anything. But sometimes we're too prideful to ask. But what if you let your pride rob you of a financial blessing? What if that particular product you're looking at be it a vehicle, be it a, a recliner, be it a couch, be it whatever. What if you just say, is this negotiable? And I've said that. What's wrong with it? All they're going to say is no. Okay, this, that. And I've even said, what does it hurt to ask? What if they say yes? I guarantee you will chirp up then. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I just saved $200. <laughs> I just saved 2000 Whoa. Why, how'd you do it? I asked. And he says, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and ye shall receive. Seek. What, what? Eric, he says, ask and ye shall receive. Brother White, he said, seek. Jesus said, do something to get something. He said, you've got to ask me in order to get something from me. He said, you've got to seek in order to find. And he said, last but not least, he said, you've got to. Jesus said this. Now, come on. If, if Jesus didn't say it, it's still true, Brother Ashley. But Jesus said it. He said, you've got to ask in order for me to give you something. He said, you're going to have to look for it sometime in order to find it. And he said, you're going to have to knock for that door to get open. Now, too many times you walk through that door and say, it ain't open yet. Well, have you knocked yet? I hadn't received yet. How many times have you asked? Now, we're good at asking one time, but it never says just ask one time. Sometimes you got to ask again. Sometimes you got to knock again. Now, I love it when I ask one time and I get what I want. Now, I'm sure you're the same way. I like it when I just look one time and find it, car keys or whatever it may be. I'm good at losing stuff sometimes. How many of you ever lost something and looked over it and then found it later? I'm glad it wasn't a snake, praise the Lord. But sometimes in life, and living for God, you've got to keep going and keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking. But Jesus said this, and when Jesus said something, guess what? It's true, people. He don't lie, and his word is forever settled in heaven. He said, give. Jesus said this. He said,
That's the way it ought to be. Who wants to be blessed? I do, Jesus. Who wants to be healed? I do. Who, who wants blessings of God? I do. I said, who wants a $10 bill? She went, that's the way it ought to be in living for God. When God said, I got blessings for this service. Who wants it? I'll clap my hands. I'll lift my hands. I'll step out in the aisle. I'll go to the altar. I'll do what's necessary. Why? Because I want it. It ain't hard, folks. Let's don't make this thing so difficult living for God. We complicate living for God. It's very simple. The Bible talks about the simplicity of the gospel. God didn't make this so hard that people can't find truth. Come on, somebody preach with me right now. You gotta want some stuff. You gotta ask. You gotta believe you're gonna receive it. And God is a giver. Come on, He supplies all of our need. But we have to ask, we have to seek, and we have to knock sometimes. Is this all right? That didn't require a lot of effort from Sister Diane. She just threw her hand up. Sometimes our flesh and our doubts and our fears can rob us of the blessings of God. I hadn't got it yet, preacher. Just keep on preaching. Yeah, I'm going to keep on preaching till we get some of this stuff. Because there's a power in just persevering and having effort. Because I already read, we may read it again, faith without works is dead. You have great faith and powerful faith, but you have to utilize that faith. Put it in action. Jesus said, give and it shall be given. I gave her a 10, and, and I'm not trying to brag, and I, please don't take this wrong because I believe if I was very wealthy, I'd bless a lot of people because I like blessing people. And I'm not trying to get accolades right now. You can just be quiet. You ain't got to amen me or nothing. I like blessing people. It feels good to bless people. I like handing out gift cards sometimes. I like paying for police's lunch when I'm out and about and fire department officials. I like blessing people in this church something I know who really needs it. Come on, somebody preach with me. And you know what I found out? When I do that, people bless me. God sends somebody to bless me. And I don't want to get too transparent right now, but God's blessed us lately. God's families have provided for us and just blessed us lately. Unexpected some of it because I'm a giver. And the Bible said, Jesus said, give and it shall be given. When you give, God's going to give it back. He's going to make a way. That's the word of God. But effort is required. Clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Give God praise. How many found this to be true? That you give and God has given back. Clap your hands if you believe that to be true. More than financial is spiritual. When you worship and praise him, he pours back into you. You begin to get lost in his presence and begin to worship him at a church service when they seem like they did this morning and people line up in this aisle and we begin to pray the prayer of faith for them. The power of God comes down. That backs up the word of God and we just soak in his presence and he brings the healing and he does what we cannot do. What did James say? Well, James is a powerful book, mother. You're right. James is a powerful book. Some of the stuff I'm preaching from today is James. He said, any sick among you, let them call. It's the Bible, people. He said, let them call for the elders of the church. Anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Why do we do what we do right here pretty often? It's the book. Anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the Bible says the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. If they've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven them. But he said, you got to call. you got to step out in the aisle. Now, sometimes we feel led of the Spirit. We'll come back there and pray for you. I believe in that too. But it said, call. 
Come on up here and get prayer. Sister Phyllis, you don't feel good today. We love you. You're a precious lady. She didn't feel good. She came to church weak. She got a situation. He's God to heal her. She came out in this aisle. She let us know. We prayed for her in the name of the Lord. God blesses that. God honors that. God backs up his word. But what happened? She put forth effort. I could give her the mic right now and I could say, Sister Phyllis, did you really feel like coming this morning? She'd probably say, no, I didn't, Pastor, but I came anyhow. I put forth some effort. I displayed some faith. I came. Is this all right? I know it's all right because it's a book. Go ahead, preach with me. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. You might have, kind of like Sister Phyllis. I love this lady. I'm not trying to embarrass her. Sometimes we have to kind of, the old word, Brother Hipshire, and you're another prime example right now. We love you, Brother Hipshire. We're thankful for you. You're an inspiration right now to this church and people. With what you got going on, you coming to church, you put some people. Come on, I hate to say it, you put some people to shame right now that could be here. Go ahead and clap your hands. Let's give honor where honor's due right now. He's coming with a walker to church. Diagnosed with ALS, but he's still coming to church. God is the healer. God's given him strength. Come on, clap your hands and give God praise. That takes effort for Brother Hipshire to do that. I'm going to honor it. I'm going to recognize. I know heaven does. Next time you got a hurt feeling, you want to stay home, remember Brother Hipshire. Next time you got a toothache or a headache, come on, somebody, preach with me now. You still love me? Sometimes we have to drag ourselves to church, it seems like. But I honestly believe this. We don't have to drag ourselves out. I believe something can happen here that will change things. Amen. Amen. If the God we serve, and we know we do serve thee, God, can forgive us of our past and fill us with the Holy Ghost, how many know he can lift us up while we're here? And if we just get to the house of God, there's help here. Let me hasten. I don't want to keep you too long. we got to go eat. How many's found out something good happens when you come to church? We used to be a song. I just feel like something good is about to happen. I just feel like something good is on its way. When you just get to church, something good's gonna happen. He said, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. There's just something good happening right now. Why? The word of God is going forth. We're preaching, we're worshiping, we're clapping our hands. Guess what? Something good is happening in the house of God right now. How many feels better already than you did when you came in? Everybody say, that's good preaching. Thank you. Now, the devil may not mind us coming to church as long as we don't do nothing when we hear. I love you. Everybody say, I love you. Say it again. That feels good. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I don't even know some of you, but I love you. I love this lady here. Because if I got God, I'm going to love people. And if I don't love people, I don't love God. They can irritate you and get on your last good nerve, but you better love them or you ain't going to heaven. Everybody say, that's the book. I like to throw that in. just kind of irritate people sometimes. I didn't say you had to like everything about them. But you got to love them. How shall they know that you're his disciples? Because you show or have love one to another. Everybody say, I love you, Lord. Everybody say, I love people. 
Oh, thank you. I believe that every time we come to church, we can get something from the Lord. It took effort for you to come today. I realize that. It took effort for me to be here. I love you. I don't you ever think I'm trying. I hope you don't think I ever try to talk condescending or hurt you. I love you. I'm thankful for you. I need you. We need each other. And the longer this thing goes, people, listen to what I'm saying right now. We're going to need the church more than we've ever needed it. We have to have the attitude, I'm coming to get something. I'm coming to see my brothers and sisters, but I'm coming to get a touch from the Lord. Everything may be good in your life this morning, and I hope it is. I love it when things are good. But let me tell you right now, he's just as worthy to be praised and worshipped when things are not good. As he is when things are good. Now, I, I hope, I love it when I'm feeling good. I'm telling you right now, next to having God is having your health. Now, I'm, 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 I'm about 50 now. I've earned the right to talk like this. I talked to a guy the other day that runs a vacuum cleaner shop in Mobile. He's got some pictures. That joker was real. He was a massive bodybuilder about years ago. He's got some pictures out. He's a very nice man. But he's had some health problems. And he gets around like this. He's humped over shoulder. He's frail looking. He's had major heart operation, heart surgeries. I don't know if he messed himself up working out or what. He's a nice man. But we got to talking and, and all this stuff. And uh, he's had some help. And, and I didn't ask his, his age. Or the man working there with him said, I think he's in his late 50s or thereabout. Uh, and, and I made the comments. I'll be 50 next. He said, well, it's coming. It's like I told somebody, oh, hope, hope some of that stuff ain't coming, praise God. I ain't going to receive that. But anyway, uh, with that being said, and I did say I've already experienced some stuff because they say when you get around 40, that check engine light comes on. Everything's running good in your life. About 40, 45, that check engine's like, uh-oh, what is now? Somebody said around 40, 50, just pick out what ailments you want. <laughs> I'm preaching now to some of you. So I like it when I feel good. And having God is the ultimate because you can be sick and still have God. Come on now. And thank God for that. But next to having truth and being right spiritually is being good physically and feeling well. Because if you don't feel well, I'm it will affect your emotions. It will affect how you treat people if you're not. I'm just shooting all over the tree. But I'm going to hit somebody right now because we all live. If not, you're going to get there one day what I'm preaching right now. But sometimes when you don't feel it, you've got to faith it. When you're hurting in your body, you're still going to pray. I've had throbbing headaches. I couldn't hardly look around, but I can still say, Lord, touch my head. I ask you to touch my body. No, I didn't feel like running across the house. I, I didn't feel like doing cartwheels for Jesus. But guess what? Sometimes it's that still, small voice. It's not in the earthquake. It's not in the wind. It's not in the fire. But a still, small voice can speak peace into your life. And you can speak a small voice to Jesus. Clap your hands and preach with a preacher this morning. It takes effort. It's required. Let me get to my book. Let me get to my text. In Mark chapter 2, the familiar, powerful, popular passage of four men carrying a paralyzed man to a house where Jesus is. This house was so full of people. These four men carrying this man on his bed couldn't get to the house, couldn't get to the door, much less through the door. They couldn't find no way because of the crowd. And back in that day, they had flat roofs. A lot of their houses in Palestine had flat roofs, and they was hardened with clay, and there was a side stairwell on a lot of them homes back in the day. 
And so most likely these four men, when they saw he was too packed to get through the door, they began to carry this man on his bed up that staircase on the side of the house and made their way to the top of that house and began to remove some of that hardened clay. I don't know what tools they used. They began to pull back part of the roof, the Bible says. They uncovered part of that roof and lowered this man down on his bed to where Jesus was teaching in a house full of people. And the Bible says Jesus, when he saw their faith, He looked up and saw what was going on. And we know that faith is like love. It's invisible, but it's manifested by action. Come on. I can say I love Jennifer, but I have to prove I love her. I can stay at this pulpit, and I'm not going to lie. God knows my heart. I can say I love her, and I do love her, but it's proven outside the church in how I treat her and what I do for her. It's the same with Jesus Christ. I can say I love him, but I talk to him. Do I love him? Do I treat him with respect? Come on, somebody. Is this all right? So he saw their works. He saw their effort. He saw persistent determination. He saw four men tearing back some clay roof and lowering this man down on his bed to where Jesus said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Oh, wait a minute now. Hey, wait a minute. All the Bible scholars and Bible thumpers in there, so who do you think you are? You don't have a right to do this. Now, calm down. But on the flip side, Jesus could say you're forgiven and they wouldn't know it because you can't see sins being forgiven. It's quiet right now, but it's right. Anybody can say you're forgiven. And sure, I'm sure some of the right people with Jesus say, oh, that's awesome, that's powerful. But most of them didn't like it. He don't have a right to do this. Who does he think he is? But guess what? Even if he does, that don't mean he's forgiven. I don't see no forgiveness. You see any forgiveness? You see anything? No, I don't see any. But notice what he says. He said, take up thy bed. For all you doubters, I know you couldn't see sins being forgiven, but you fix to see what's fixing to happen right here. He said, take up thy bed and walk. And the Bible says, Sister Patricia, immediately, immediately, he got up, he took up that bed, he was lowered down on a bed, he left there carrying a bed. Why? Because effort brought a miracle. Effort brought a miracle. He took that bed out, he was laying on. That's the kind of God we serve this morning. When we come to church, when we don't feel like it, when we clap our hands, when we shout hallelujah, that's effort being put forth and God's gonna honor it. Stand to your feet, clap your hands with these other people and give him a shout of praise. Stand to your feet, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Come on, put forth a little effort right now. Come on, put forth a little effort. You may not feel like it, but it's worth it. Jesus is worth it. You want to be blessed? Clap your hands right now. You want to be blessed? Say, I love you, Jesus. Come on, put forth some effort on Sunday morning. I know it's easier to give it on Sunday night, but he's worthy on Sunday morning for a hand clap. He's worthy on Sunday morning for me to run around here. He ain't just a Sunday night God. He's a Sunday morning God. And when I have the same determination on Sunday morning as I do on Sunday night, I can get a miracle on Sunday morning. Whoever said he's just a Sunday night. He's not just a Jubilee God. He's a Sunday morning God. He's a Wednesday night God. He's an everyday God. Lift your hands. You need something from the Lord. Lift your hands. Put forth some effort. You know what's going on in your life. (laughs) Give him some praise right now. You don't have to feel like it. You may have pain in your life. You may have problems right now, but he's still worthy. He said ask. He said seek. He said knock. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) 
How many can answer this honestly? How many really believe that? If you don't believe it, don't raise your hand and don't do what I'm fixing to tell you. How many know he's worthy of every effort you give him? If you believe that to be true, do what you want to in the Holy Ghost right now. If you honestly know he's worthy of every effort you give, come on, show him some praise. Be it a hand raise, be it a hand clap. Efforts required. Efforts required. If for nothing else, he forgave you of your sin. If for nothing else, he saved you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. I want to lift my hands. I want to say praise the Lord. Nobody's making me do it. This is how I choose to live. This is how I want to live. Yes, it's effort, but it's worth it. If you felt like giving up lately, throw your hands up and worship the Lord. If you felt like quitting lately, throw your hands up and praise God anyhow. If you felt like your prayers hadn't been answered yet, throw your hands up again and give a little more effort see what happens. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Because it's required. It's required. It's required. It's required. Everybody say it's required. Stay in that mode of worship and listen to what I'm fixing to tell us. Would you please listen and we're going to worship some more. Stay where you are. I love what the Lord's doing. I love your response. God bless you. Stay where you are. Stay in the mode of worship. But listen to what I'm fixing to say right here. Jesus doesn't expect or require perfection. But he does expect and require effort. You can't wait for everything to get just right in your life to give God what he wants. You're never going to reach a state of perfection. I don't care how much you pray. I ain't trying to be rude or ruthless or careless here. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I hope everybody prays every day. I hope you all read the Bible. We, need, we must do that and be saved. But you can never pray so much or read the Bible so much you've reached a point where you have arrived. Or a state of, come on somebody. He don't expect you to have everything always under control. But he does expect you to give effort always. Clap your hands. That's a good time to clap your hands and give him praise. I'm going to be honest with you. And I don't mind airing my mail sometimes because I bleed just like you do. I'm the pastor of this church. I'm in a position of authority because God allowed me that. I'm not taking advantage of that. I'm not abusing that privilege. I have headaches. I have bad problems sometimes. I have to watch my emotions. I have to check my feelings sometimes at the door. Come on, because if the devil's going to attack anybody, it's going to be the leadership. Now, he's going to mess with you. Don't, I ain't, don't, please don't take that. But if he can get us to mess up, come on, if he can get us to fall, how many times has a pastor messed up or did something wrong and people were damned because of Come on, somebody preach with me right now. But in times I don't feel like, in times I have to check my spirit. In times I don't feel the best. I know God is still God. That he still forgives. He still extends mercy. I'm not talking about going out and blatantly sinning. Come on, you know what I'm preaching right now. In times I don't feel like it. I still got to faith it. Sister Walters. In times when this one's sick and that one's sick and this one's mad and this one's left the church and this one's critical and this one's called, guess what? I'm still going to come to the house of God, brother. I'm still going to preach a word. I'm still going to be instant in season. I'm still going to fast. I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to love people. Come on, clap your hands. Somebody shout, holly. Why? He requires that. That's what he requires. As I close this morning, 
There's a man in the Bible that was well off. He had the money and he had the social status and everybody didn't like him. But he was rich. In Luke chapter 19, we have a man named Zacchaeus or Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He had the money. He had the notoriety. And everybody didn't like him because he had probably abused his privilege. But he heard that Jesus was coming to his town. He knew he didn't deserve it. He knew he wasn't liked by a lot of people. But what he did is powerful. He put forth some effort. He was short of stature. He wasn't very tall physically. But he saw a tree. He said, if I can just get up in that tree, I get to where I can see him. I'm going to preach what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Sometimes in life, and even living for God, there'll be some people that'll get between you and your view of Jesus. There's some good-hearted people in Pentecostal churches that'll obscure your view of Jesus and rob you of getting what you need if you let them. I've been around long enough to preach what I preach right now. I'm 50. I'm not 25 no more. But you got to do what Zacchaeus did. you got to rise above that stuff. They didn't check on me. They didn't call me. I heard they were talking about me. Just rise above it. I can't see Jesus where I'm at down there, but I can't see him when I rise above that jump. Brother Stowe, come walking back. Please just come walking this way. And the Bible says Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus in that tree. He said, come down. Come down to my house today. Amen. He said, I'm going to give you salvation. Come to your house. Salvation. Come on. Zacchaeus going to make his way out of that sycamore tree. Come on. I'm sure they were scratching. They said, Jesus, do you know who he is? Jesus, I don't care. I'm paraphrasing. He put forth some effort. I know he ain't perfect. I know he ain't got it all together. But he put forth some effort. And I'm going to his house. One chapter before that. One chapter before in Luke 18. Jesus talked about how hard it is for a rich man to get to heaven. One chapter before that. But the very next chapter, Brother Taylor, this rich man had salvation to come to his house. Why? Effort made the difference. And Jesus said in that same chapter, Luke 19, fall with God, nothing shall be impossible. You can be rich and go to heaven. People ain't got to like you, you can still go to heaven. But you got to have some effort, Brother Day. Let's lift our hands up and love him. Let's love him. Let's praise him right now. You got sickness in your body? Come on, he still requires effort. Somebody's done you wrong, throw your hands up. God still requires your effort. They'll answer for what they've done. Just be faithful. God will take care of it. He keeps a record. God keeps a record. His record's right. Just love him and live for him. Let the chips fall where they may. Just keep putting forth effort. Come on, let's find us a place of prayer. Come on, put forth some effort. At your pew around the altars or step out in the aisle, lift your hands and worship him. Why, preacher? Because effort's required. Effort's required. I thank you, Jesus.